0: Please turn your Bibles to Psalm 112. <clears throat> the Great Flood of 1993 affected uh, your America's Midwestern River system. That was a 500 year flood. Uh, You could expect a flood like that once every 500 years. Robert Lewis, in his book, Real Family Values, says that's the kind of flood that we're experiencing in America in terms of family values, our social institutions. They're being swept away in, let's say, a 200-year flood. Uh, This nation's been in existence 200 years. We never had a flood like this. Uh, think about the... He lists some of the current, uh, trivialized view of the sacredness and permanency of marriage. Safe sex instead of biblically ordained sex within the marriage relation. The tragic myth uh, that human life begins whenever we say it begins. Uh, the... Misguided stance that homosexuality is an alternate lifestyle. Uh, The (coughs) schools that teach values neutral instead of being values rich. Uh, The celebration of lewdness and perversion and vulgarity. That's a flood in our society and it's sweeping. Uh, families away, it's sweeping people away. In the Midwestern flood there, as the waters rolled higher and higher, you had people responding in different ways. Uh, Some surrendered fairly early on. They just left town. Some stood shoulder to shoulder with their neighbors and they sought to beat off the flood. But then Eventually, uh, uh, they uh, would leave when the odds mounted against them. But then you had those who never surrendered, who uh, they refused to surrender. We watched it on television, all of us, and we marveled at them. Well, we have to do that in the flood that's attacking us and our values. You have a man here uh, described in this 112th psalm that is the kind of people we're going to have to be if we stand against this flood. Uh, uh, Notice this man's blessed estate uh, as he fears the Lord. The blessed estate of the man who fears the Lord. And uh, verse uh, 1 Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Now, The last verse of the previous chapter said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Now this man in Psalm 112 has become a wise man. He fears the Lord. He has a true reverence for God. He's a true believer. And this brings many blessings. It says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Notice the description of him. He fears the Lord, he has great delight in his commands. It says uh, the few it says uh, who finds great delight in his commands. He, he has cheerful obedience. Uh, Spurgeon in preaching on this, he said holiness is his happiness, truth is his treasure. And this man is pronounced by God blessed. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. Now notice the details of that blessed state. In verse 2, his children will be mighty in the land. starts off with his children. Uh, Remember, John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And uh, this man's children will be mighty in the land. Uh, that's where the blessings start. Uh, the best way to bless our children uh, is to have them fear the Lord. And we we have to train them to do that. And that's our responsibility. God has promised, I will be a God to you and to your seed after you. Train up the way of uh child in the way he should go, when he grows old, he will not depart from it. That's a general promise. Uh, but we've got to do our end of it. And uh, our responsibility is to train them. Deuteronomy 6 talks about you train them when they're lying down, when they're rising up, when they're walking by the way. Every opportunity you get, train them to follow the Lord, to fear the Lord and true reverence for God. And... Uh, One writer, uh, Tim Kimmel, uh, talks about a checklist for my child's future. He says, uh, when my children move out from under my authority, they need decision-making skills in personal issues like finance, career, home life, in social issues, dating relationships, love, friendships, dealing with enemies. In spiritual issues, dealing with sin, faith, prayer, fellowship, character traits, integrity, faith, poise, discipline, endurance, courage. Their life's goals and committed to achieving those goals. Number one, to love and obey God. Number two, to love their spouse. Number three, to love their children, to be a good friend, to work hard, to invest their lives in others. Uh, So... Here are our goals for our children. How uh, Dennis Rainey in his book A Call to Family Reformation. Dennis Rainey uh, says for many years Barbara and I prepared our oldest daughter Ashley for the pressures uh, that she would face at college. And uh, yet Still, Ashley was surprised at the intensity of the immorality that she encountered on campus. uh, She observed that most of the students had not been trained to make solid moral choices. I asked her, Well, what about the children who'd grown up in Christian homes? And uh, she said uh, they weren't much different from their peers. Maybe a small difference, but uh, with many it was hardly even noticeable. She said, I'm not talking just about dating, but other areas, movies, ethics, materialism, cheating in class. Uh, and he raises the question, why are so many uh, Christians, children maybe, or, ch- or at least children who grew up in Christian homes, why are they indistinguishable from the others? And he says maybe it's because the parents are more concerned about the IQ than the CQ. IQ intelligent quotient, CQ character quotient. Godly character enables a child to respond properly to life's circumstances, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, self-control, in any circumstance. Character is what will help your child to keep within his budget uh, when he grows up as an adult. Character is what will lead him to turn to God in a time of hardship and pain. Character is what will help him pursue his mate and resolve major conflicts in a loving manner. Character is what will enable him to make that extra phone call or work that extra hour to do the job right. Character is what will give him strength to keep his mind and body pure when everyone in the world and everything within him says, just give in to that temptation. It won't hurt you. He says, children are like radar units. They lock on. They lock on to you and they lock on to me and they observe. Uh, we model for them. And he says our children need parents who are models. Modeling must be more than just doing the right thing. It's gotta be acknowledging when we do the wrong thing. And, uh, he says character is cultivated when we, when we really involve ourselves and maintain a close relationship with it, with our children by and by. He talks about when Ashley, the It was then in college was a little girl that he would take her on a date. And one time he took her out and they went to a smorgasbord and then they got ice cream and cake. And then they went to Bambi at the movie theater and then got some popcorn there. And Driving back he asked her, she's three years old, he said, What would you enjoy most tonight? He thought she'd say popcorn or ice cream. She put her head on his shoulder and she said, Just being with you, Daddy. That's what it takes. Time. Involvement. Uh, Our children, he says, "this, this man's children will be Mighty in the land, literally it says they'll be heroes they'll be heroes uh, there'll be men and women who can influence others, mighty for the Lord. I have a letter that my daughter wrote to my wife and I when she was in college uh, <clears throat> She says I'm in Dallas right now. It's early in the morning. Don't don't misunderstand. She went to Auburn. <laughs> she just was out. To, uh, uh, she says, I'm in Dallas right now. It's early in the morning. Everybody's still sleeping. I just got back from running. And while I was outside I was thinking a lot. I guess this whole trip I've been thinking a lot. About how very, very blessed I am. I've just realized that I know Jesus. In such a deeper and more real way than most of the world. I've just been thinking about both of you and how very grateful I am for you. For the way you both love God and know God. And you've taught me to know Him. Your lifestyle, your burden, uh, your love for others, your desire to seek God more than anything in the world. Well, I'm, I'm far short of what I ought to be, but... Uh you pick up the importance of modeling. And uh we want our children to be mighty in the land for the Lord. Heroes for the Lord. Uh, the uh another detail that's mentioned here of these blessings, it said, Wealth and riches are in his house. Wealth and riches. Now in the Old Testament, that probably was pretty literally true when God blessed a man. Often his blessings took the form more of material blessings. But uh, in the New Testament, they take more than the form of spiritual blessings. Uh, how blessed uh, you are when uh, you know the love of God, when you experience it. Uh, what if the dwelling is humble? What difference does that make if there's love in the home... If there's knowledge of God, if there's a commitment to each other, uh, if there's integrity and faithfulness, that's rich. That's wealthy. Paul said uh, that being poor, he had made many rich. And uh, possessing nothing, he had all things. True riches. Real riches. Uh says his righteousness endures forever. Leopold in his commentary on Acts, says that he's not talking here about righteousness in terms of moral behavior so much as righteousness in terms of legal standing before the Lord. That uh, when we approach God in the way he's outlined, in the Old Testament it was through the blood of the Lamb which pictured the death of Jesus Christ, the real Lamb. Trusting God to forgive through Jesus Christ or through the Lamb, Surrendering our wills to him. When we approach him in that way, then we are righteous. We are reckoned righteous. And uh, uh, that this is what's being referred to. His righteousness endures forever. Uh, Max Lucado uh, tells about getting a notice from the insurance company that uh, because of several accidents, that his insurance policy on his car had been canceled. It says... They said, our records indicate on November 18, uh, we paid to fix the damage to another vehicle, which Max Lucado backed into. Uh, and, uh, and then he says, on April, we paid to fix another vehicle when uh, Dental and Lucado hit the rear of another car to stop sign. In view of the above information, we're not willing to reinstate your automobile insurance policy. It will terminate 1201, January the 4th. He said, good night. Why couldn't they show a little mercy? Uh, suppose you got a letter like that from God and said, because of the sins you had this last year, your fire insurance is canceled as of uh, the first of January. And uh, he said uh, that uh, uh, suppose the founder and CEO of the insurance company, chose to have mercy upon me. Uh, why shouldn't he just pretend that I didn't make any mistakes or just tear my record up? And he says, well, first, the integrity of the company would be compromised. He'd have to relax the standards of the organization. And second, it would just encourage me in my mistakes. Uh, and uh, lower standards and poor driving, that's not the goal of the company. What could he do? Uh, so God had sort of the same dilemma. Uh, how can God forgive us uh, without lowering his standards and encouraging bad behavior? And uh, he said, uh, suppose the insurance uh, president there called me in to his office and he said, Mr. Lucado, I found a way to deal with your mistakes uh, without lowering the standards of the company, uh, without encouraging you to drive badly, said, uh, we found among our customers, uh, we found uh, one person who has a spotless record. And I've decided to give you his spotless record, and I'm going to give him your record, and I'm going to cancel his fire insurance policy. And, uh, I'm gonna show you his car insurance policy. And, uh, he says, well, goodness gracious, who would do that? And, uh, who is that customer? And the CEO said, it's me. I'm gonna do it. Can you imagine that? But that's what God did. And, and God canceled our, <clears throat> instead of canceling our fire insurance uh, thing, He let His own son go through that fire and pay for our sin, giving us His perfect record, and crediting our record to Him. And uh, then when we place our faith in Jesus, and when we surrender our will, when we believe His claim to be God the Son who died for our sins, and trust Him to forgive us, and uh, we surrender Him, then we have a permanent standing of righteous. This man, it says, his righteousness endures forever. that's part of those blessings, tremendous part. The, another thing, it says that in trials, God will undertake for this man. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. In trials, God undertakes. He has trials like everybody, but God is there. God doesn't forsake him. Now, uh, we see the blessed estate of the man who fears the Lord. We see the details of those blessedness. His children are mighty in the land. Uh, he is in righteousness, endures forever. God is with him in trials. Uh, wealth and riches are in his house. And then, uh, the attitude of helpfulness toward the needy that this man is characterized by. And, uh, Verse 4, it spoke about him being a gracious and compassionate man. Verse 5, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Generous and lends freely. Verse 9, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Uh, So he loves to help the needy. This man is characterized by that. Everyone who is righteous legally in the sight of God, has a new nature, a new heart. Uh, we ask the parents of these children to you acknowledge your child's need of the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus and the renewing grace of his Holy Spirit. He needs to be renewed in the image of God. He needs God uh, by his Spirit to dwell in him. Now, that happens to every true Christian. And so he, he begins to be concerned about other people. If you're not concerned about other people and willing to help and reach out, you're not a Christian. Every Christian has that kind of compassion. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we need to encourage that and, and nurture it. Um, and our children need to, need to see that. Uh, John Maxwell, in uh, a book, Breakthrough Parenting, talks about the things you need to model for your children. He says you need to model, they need to see uh, you pray earnestly and often. Uh, they need to spend time with you talking about the things of God. They need to see you talking to other people about God, seeking to win other people. I remember when our children were young and uh, my wife ran a, a coffee shop, uh, coffee uh, House down in Mountain Brook for a little while to reach out to teenagers, and she'd reached young one young man who was there and gotten to know him and invited him over to the house for lunch on a Saturday, and I was there, so we sat down and and uh, I was tactfully trying to bring up the subject uh, about Jesus and to him, and uh, my youngest daughter kept pulling on my shirt and uh, said, "Honey, just a minute." Well, I said, well, sweetie, what is it? She said, does he know Jesus? <laughs> I said, I don't know, do you? <clears throat> and uh, uh, that wasn't exactly how I meant to get into it. But uh, uh, they need to see you reaching out and, uh, and talking to other people. Uh, they need to see you put God first in your giving, says Maxwell. They need to watch you live a consistent Christian life. And then he says, they need to go with you to visit the unfortunate. Uh, I think some of the some of the most uh, powerful influences our children had growing up was when they would go with us to minister to the unfortunate in various ways and situations uh, the uh, This man is a man of integrity that 's a further description in verse five it says uh, he conducts his affairs with justice. He's a man of integrity. What's the one about the fellow who writes the IRS? And he says, uh, it's an anonymous letter. He said, I want you to know that I'm very troubled about the fact that I lied on my last income tax report about my income. And it's really bothering me. And I can't sleep. And Here's a money order for $500. He says, if I still can't sleep, I'm going to send the rest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no. Uh, this fellow conducts his affairs with justice. I was reading about uh, Michael Jackson's sister, Michael Jackson, the singer. Uh, his sister, two years older, uh, as uh, not as well known, or hadn't been up until recently. <clears throat> uh, her name is Latoya Jackson, and uh, she was approached uh, by Playboy magazine and uh, asked if she would appear nude in Playboy, and she said, uh, her first response was, I said, absolutely not, I'm not that kind of girl. But uh, when the magazine offered more money, she and her agent investigated. and She says, "Then I realized there's nothing wrong with this. Uh, not to mention that many of the topless women, uh, top, many of the women in Spain were walking around topless. She was in Spain at the time. Well, <sighs> it's interesting. Uh, her views changed when the money grew greater. And all oh, the the man or the woman of God is a person of integrity. They're going to follow God's will." And uh, it's not going to change because the price goes up. Now, uh, notice the stability of this blessed man. In verse 6, surely he will never be shaken. He will never be shaken. His firmness, his steadfastness. And this impacts others. It says, a righteous man will be remembered forever. Uh, This man, his his steadiness really impacts others and influences others. Uh, His fearlessness, in verse 7, He will have no fear of bad news. Uh, Not that bad news won't come, but he doesn't live in fear of it, because he knows God will be with him. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Notice his foundation. The King James says, his heart is fixed. Here's this man with a fixed heart, trusting in the Lord. We trust the Lord as our Savior. He died for us, He rose. Salvation's given to us as a gift, this legal standing of not guilty, Him coming to dwell within. We trust Him as our Savior, but then we trust Him daily. Nothing can touch me that He doesn't let touch me. He's controlling everything. Not a sparrow falls without our Heavenly Father. And uh, if he lets it touch me, it's for my good. Why should I live in fear? All things work together. He works all things together for good. It may be painful. That's all right. He didn't say I wouldn't have any pain. But he said that he would work it for my good. And I may not can understand it. That's all right. I don't have to understand how it's good. He knows. He knows what he's doing. And I know why I trust him. That's all I need to know. That's this man's foundation. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And uh, then his force, in verse 8, it says, uh, His heart is secure, he will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his fools. This man has enemies. You know, you're known by your enemies as well as by your friends. If you live for God, you're going to have some enemies. That's all right. Jesus said, don't be surprised if the world hates you. He says, it hated me before it hated you. Uh, notice the contrast with the wicked man. Verse 10. The wicked man will see. He sees God's blessing on this man who fears the Lord. And he resents it. The wicked man will see and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The longing of the wicked will come to nothing. Uh, here's the two classes of men. Uh, in the Bible... Two classes of men. Everybody's in one class or the other. Uh, You can be certainly deeper in Christ. uh, uh, You can grow more and so on. But you're either righteous, accounted righteous, or you're accounted wicked. You don't have that new heart. Two classes of people in Scripture. And we're in one class or the other class. Um, A big part of the problem of the church today is, you got too many people in the church who haven't really experienced the, the renewal that comes through Christ. And I was like that. I was a minister and I wasn't a Christian. It's easy to miss it. It's easy to miss it. Uh, uh, this uh, wicked man, you remember we looked last week at Psalm 37, we saw when good things happen to bad people. that Oftentimes, people who don't walk with God, they have material riches. They have all kinds of things that the world calls good, but it's short-lived. And in the long run, they're terribly poverty-stricken. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. He will waste away. That's terrible. And he doesn't have fire insurance. No real change is taking place in his life. What about you? Which are you—that man or woman with a fixed heart? Where are you in this? Sometimes you know it's the child with the fixed heart, and the parent who doesn't have it, or the grandparent. Have a letter here that one of our members brought to me. It's his daughter wrote to his daddy, who's not a Christian and who's old and who's sick. And she said this, Dear Granddaddy, I'm not exactly sure how to begin this letter, but I'll do my best. I've really been praying for you since you've been sick. Actually, I've been praying for you for about ten years. The reason is because I love you, and I'm concerned about your eternity. I want to ask you, if you died tonight, where would you go? I'm 100% no doubt positive that I'll go to heaven. And be with the Lord for eternity. I'm not positive because because of any good thing that I've done. It's because of what Jesus has done for me. And you can be sure too. And she urges him to commit his life to Jesus Christ. Her heart is fixed. She's mighty. Your children will be mighty in the land. Here's a hero. Literally the word mighty is hero. Your children will be heroes. Here's, a, here's one of those heroes coming along, influenced by her parents, and now impacting others. What about it? that flood is washing away families, people, individuals? I have a minister friend I talked to at the General Assembly last week who's retired, and he's sort of a chaplain to his community in North Georgia. He calls on all the new young couples who move in. To invite them to their church there and all. He says, about one out of every two of those young couples are not married. I sat next to a fellow the other day that was like that. And uh, uh, This is crucial. <clears throat> this is crucial. Uh, we, we don't want to be swept away by this flood. We've got to stand. We've got to be the people with a fixed heart. And to help others, help them not get swept away by the flood. What kind of impact are we making on our culture, on our families, on our friends? Are we modeling this? What are our goals? What are our goals for our children? Do we want these blessings that God details here for our children? Uh, that they would have true riches. Let's have prayer. How would you place yourself in all of this? Uh, have you really uh, received Jesus Christ? Uh, is there some area where you're compromising uh, because the cost is too high not to compromise? Uh, uh, what uh, what are you modeling? Are you spending the time with the children? Uh, uh, your daughter said, Father, just being with you, Daddy, is is great. Is that what you're experiencing? Uh, Is there something that you need to change to have that fixed heart, to be that person with a fixed heart? Maybe a young person, and you need that fixed heart. If you've never really surrendered your will to Christ and trusted Him to forgive you and to make you righteous, count you righteous. But you want to do that today. You pray in your heart like this. Lord Jesus, I realize the folly of not surrendering to you. I'm so grateful that you died to provide that insurance for me and that adoption into your family. Lord, I do surrender my will to you. As my Master, I trust you as my Savior to forgive me as a gift and come and live in me and change me. Amen.